We gather this morning to reflect on Mary's motherhood, but in more nuanced fashion, her call in general, which then, of course, translates to our call. So, as is the case, it's always a, an examination of conscience when we hear the Word of God, measuring ourselves to what we just heard. How are we compared to what we just heard, living up to the call that God has placed on our lives? And so, to do this, let's start at the end, if you will, or the beginning. So we're at the beginning of his birth. Let's go to the end of his life, which is the beginning of the church. Thoroughly confused? It's because you were up too late drinking, I'm sure. But let's just reflect on the beginning of the church, which starts with the end of his life. Because it's the end of his life that is the beginning of the church, which begins in great fear and trepidation. So the, the, the followers, the disciples, have just gone through this enormous holy week. We can call it holy because we're looking back. I'm sure they didn't feel it was holy as they were going through it, just as we usually don't when we're going through our crises in life, until we look back and say, that was a holy moment. God was doing something incredibly purifying in my life. So they've given up everything to follow him. For some, even family members, they've separated themselves because of their conviction of who he was, who he is, what he was about, what he taught them, what they witnessed. Now all of a sudden, he's crucified in a most heinous way, and then three days later, risen from the dead. If this isn't a head-scratcher, I don't know what would be. They're all in the upper room, terrified because of what they just witnessed, and yet there's something compelling about the fact that a couple of their members said, well, he's risen from the dead, we just saw him. Put yourself in that place. Would you believe fellow members? of this congregation who came and said, hey, we just saw him, he's risen from the dead. If you're living in fear, in some ways I think we all can answer in the affirmative because we've gone through difficult situations and members of this community have come and said, it'll be all right. Hang in there, push through, persevere. There is a light at the end of the tunnel. There is life after death. And it helps to get us through. This is the beginning of the church. As the church then begins to become more courageous and more confirmed in the fact that he's risen from the dead, she starts to leave the building, the upper room, and going out to the neighborhoods. The neighborhoods being foreign countries. Foreign countries that are, have different commerce, different ethics, different worldview, and they're going out to proclaim Jesus risen from the dead. And, of course, what happens, persecution sets in, because not everyone is welcoming such news. Now, as this church is growing, she doesn't have time for theological reflection. She's not sitting there, you know, trying to, you know, what is the Trinity? Let's talk about transubstantiation. You know, the accidents remain the same. The substance changes. Isn't this wonderful what we believe and how, how deep is our profound faith? They are actively on the Lamb, proclaiming the Lamb. 
So no time for real, honest, heartfelt reflection. Then the church slowly, persecution ends, and we start to build buildings. And we start to plant ourselves in various places and locations. We become institutions of various sorts throughout the world. The world as it was back then, not like it is today. Once we get settled, we can start reflecting more on the notion of what is it that we just celebrated at Christmas? We celebrated God becoming man. What does that mean? Does it mean literally God entered into skin? Or does it mean like this vestment, he slipped into it, and when mass ends, he'll slip out of it? It makes a difference. Because if all he does is slip in and slip out, then he's really not sharing in our condition and we really can't relate to him. But if he did, then what does that make Mary, what does it make Joseph, how does it all work? Especially as we reflected on Christmas, when we think of his genealogy, it's not exactly stellar. So, the church begins this reflection, and as always the case, once we have time on our hands, we begin fighting with each other, fighting over whether it's just skin, he entered skin, or whether he slipped into it and slips out of it, and they fight, and we come up with, he is true God, true man, and it's a council of Ephesus that declares Mary is the true mother of God, that in her, within her, Within her womb, her physical womb, divinity married humanity. The two became one. No longer able to separate, but now it's one. And so the fight continues on. Well, can we pull out this hair and say, well, this is divine, but this is human? No. It's a blend, it's a mixture, and it's a mystery. But what this offers us is a reflection on Mary. Did she, at the beginning of the Annunciation, know exactly in great detail, with fine print, how it all was going to work out? No. She certainly knew she was doing a great thing. I mean, she's a virgin, now pregnant by the Holy Spirit. Lights go on. This isn't normal. But the details, the exact details... No. So what does all this have to do with us? Friends, you're no different. We are not supposed to be different. God has given you, you, me, as individuals, not collectively, but as individuals, a very definitive role in history. It's not the same as Mary's. It's not the same as Joseph's. It's not the same as John the Baptist, or St. Patrick, or Mother Teresa of Calcutta. But what you are called to do, no one else can do. And if you don't do it, it won't be done. Now, step back and think, what if Mary would have said no? Well, she couldn't because she was, you know, conceived without original sin. No, she could have, just like Eve did. God honors our free will. He respects where we're at. And I'm sure that there were voices all around Mary constantly telling her, 
it's probably not true. You're delusional. It's your young and naive. Do you really think God sent an angel to talk to you? What have you been drinking, lady? What's in the well water these days? I'm sure that the neighbors would have been constantly, even family members, telling her that what she was about was not normal, was maybe even crazy. And yet, her and Joseph persevered. Will you? Imagine, there she is on her way to go and visit Elizabeth, her kinswoman, who also is pregnant. She pulls out the donkey. Joe, I'm going to be gone for a little while, taking care of, you know, Aunt Elizabeth, cousin Elizabeth, whatever. You know, she needs help. She's old. You know how old people get. We have to take care of her. Joe, probably. Mary, you know, it's a long way. Those mountains, those rocks, it's a desert. You're pregnant. Not a good idea. You know, maybe you shouldn't go. The neighbors clearly would have said, it's dangerous, Mary. You should be in bed. Protect this birth. After all, you're the mother of God. Can you imagine if for a moment she would have listened to him? We wouldn't be here. Not just we, but we. And so, again, your call, your vocation, mine, each of us as individuals, is no less. Different, yes, absolutely different. There will never be another Mary. There will never be another mother of God. There was one. There is one. And she right now is interceding that you and I will take our vocation seriously. Because our future, your children, your grandchildren, the next several generations, 10,000 years from now, depend on you saying yes and taking your vocation seriously of living out married life with great devotion. We can't control the effects. We can't control other people. But we can be faithful in what God has called us to do. Mary could not control Joseph's response. That was left to grace and his open heart and his integrity. You can't control your children. They have free will. You cannot control your husband. Keep trying, honey. It's not going to happen. You can't control your wife. You can only do what you know is the right thing to do. The results, we pray, and we pray hard. We can't con control how the children in our school will turn out, but we can just do what we know is the right thing to do, provide a quality Catholic education as best we can with what we have. And it's harder and harder every year because what we have is becoming less and less. And I'm not talking resources. I'm talking personnel and saints. Saints, people who take their role seriously and say, you know what, it depends on me to proclaim the good news today to this person. Well, they might not accept it. No, they might not, but that's not my problem. It's just like taking care of the poor. Well, you know, if we give it to them, they're just going to go buy a bottle. Hey, that's not our problem. God did not say, only give to those who are worthy. He said, give. What they do with it, that's their judgment. 
But what we do in giving, that's our judgment, or don't do. None of us in here is worthy of what God has offered to us in his son, Jesus Christ. You may think you are. You're not. I'm not. Well, no. I really am, but no. We tell ourselves, but in a moment like this, we stop and say, wait a minute, no. I am blessed, greatly, greatly blessed, undeservedly blessed. And what will I do with this blessing? As we reflect today on the motherhood of God, Mary isn't just the mother of God, mother of Jesus. She's the mother of the, the new Jesus, the church, the mystical body. You and I are the body of Christ. His hands, his feet, we're called to do his work. We know what happens in a body when it has cancer. The scriptures are laden with lepers, members falling off the body. And we know that that cripples the body and it makes the body move slower and slower and it doesn't act the way it should act. You and I, looking at our own sickness, our own cancer, we bring it to the altar every time we come here. Because it isn't dependent completely on us. It's God through us. But we have to be open. Like that conduit, a sprinkler, a spigot, you have to turn it on. You can't just take it in. You can't, we just can't receive Holy Communion and keep it in. We have to turn the spigot on. The communion has to go out of us. The Jesus has to come into us, change us, and go out of us. That's the call. Mary said yes. Eve said no. Throughout the centuries, we've seen hundreds and thousands say yes. And hundreds of thousands say no. And the book is filled with stories of them both. What will your story be? It's a new year. Let's make some new resolutions regarding who we are, what our vocation is. The future depends on it.